All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast. I'm Dr. Priyanka Wally, medical doctor and stand-up comedian. And I'm Sean Hayes, actor and hypochondriac. It's safe to say that I'm not America's first hypochondriac, but I am America's first hypochondriactor. Priyanka! Oh my goodness! Is that Wally. actor Sean Hayes? Where? Is, is it me? Even... Wait, is that? Hello. Yeah, it's How me. are you? Welcome. <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm doing really well. I'm doing yeah. really well. Tell me what's ailing you. Oh, nothing's actually ailing me. I went to a wedding over the weekend, an Indian oh, you wedding. Did? Have you been to an Indian wedding yet, Sean? Has anyone ever invited you? Uh, so many. I try to go to one a week. No. <laughs> <laughs> so have you gotten Mandy done? You can't really see it, but it's like henna. Can yeah, I was that? just going to say, like, it's like henna. Yeah. Oh, that's so yeah. pretty. Yeah, it's cool, huh? She's showing me, it looks like a tattoo on your hand, but it's... It's like very not permanent. Yeah. It'll wash off in a couple of days. So yeah, I went to a wedding and it was actually a hybrid Indian-Korean hybrid wedding. Oh, so it was like half gas, half electric? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Yeah, that's that's a nice way to put it. I got it. I understand. Um, yeah, no. So it was it was cool. It was really fun. But you've never been you've never been invited to an Indian wedding, huh? No. Um, wait. I want to know what the best. Speaking of, did you get a gift? Is it like what's the best gift you ever got? Um, in your wow. life, what's the best gift you ever okay, received? Okay, okay. I know that. Okay, my sixteenth birthday. Yes, I went to go see. The Lion King alive at the Pantages, the musical show. Oh, wow. And, and that was like that amazing. That was like such an important yeah. memory and gift. Yeah. It's a pretty great show. Yeah. That's like one of those life memories that you just never forget. Yeah. Yeah. And I went with my friends too. It was amazing. It was just Isn't so that amazing. nice. Yeah. The best gift I ever got, I've been blessed with so many things, but one of them, I'm, we're really good friends with Patrick Doyle, who's a composer. He composed Harry Potter and the, I think Goblet of Fire. I think that was the one. And mm -hmm. um, the movie Cinderella and I mean, <laughs> Thor. Anyway, he's an incredible mm -hmm. composer. Every time I see him, I sing the theme to Harry Potter that he wrote. Not the main theme. That was John Williams, but the other part. Okay. The movie. Okay. And uh, you would know it in two seconds. Yeah. And he wrote down on manuscript paper while I was on the plane flying over here, hand wrote all the music and gave Get it to out. me in a frame. And I oh, hung it on the wall. Oh, my goodness. And he said it's to me. And I was like, oh, my God, that's the handwritten music that I love so much from the composer Holy that I love smokes. so much. And he just happens to be one of the funniest people on the face of the planet. And I love him so much. Patrick Doyle. That is an amazing gift. Yeah, it's it's hanging on our wall. I'll show it to you next time. Isn't it cool how sometimes it's not the monetary value of the gifts, but it's the thinking behind it? Of like, course. It was literally a napkin. With, yeah. You know, it's well, I so also cool. love the Rolex. God, it got me. But anyway, <laughs> so... <laughs> But anyway, you know oh, who else man. we love? We love Rosie O'Donnell. Oh my gosh. I am so excited to meet Rosie today. I know. You're going to love such her. such a huge fan of her work for years and years, her stand-up and all of the stuff that she's done. I mean, 
gosh, she's so prolific. It's she amazing. is, and a good, 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 good human being. I just love her. Yes. But before we get to that, we're going to get to our call-in guest today, who's ah, fantastic. Yes, yes. Our guest today is 18 years cancer-free as of this past July. She had a rare form of breast cancer and was given only 24% survival rate, or maybe it was 27%. I can't remember. We are so mm-hmm. happy she's joining us to share her story. Her name is Debbie. <gasps> There's Debbie. There's Debbie. Hey. Hi, Debbie. Hi. I am so excited. <laughs> we're so oh, excited we you're so here. We're so excited to have you. Welcome to Hypochondriactor. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's so great to see your smiling face. Where are you calling from? I live in Fortson, Georgia, which is just north of Columbus, if you've ever heard of Fort Benning. Only been to Atlanta, but I'm guessing it's hot everywhere. Yes, it is. And it's even yeah. hotter here because we're further south. Oh my mm. gosh. Wait, and where are you in your little like home office or where are you? I am. I'm in my home office. Oh, fancy. You, you can see all that, all that mess on the shelf back behind me. <laughs> oh, that's called life. That's yeah, just that's that's evidence life, of life. Yeah, <laughs> there is so a life in this apartment. <laughs> Look how joyful you are. I love it. So yes. Debbie, first of all, thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your yes. story. Please walk thank us you. through the scare you had. And how long ago was this? Um, actually, July 7th was 18 years ago. 18 wow. years. Yeah. And I was 43. Um, I woke okay. up one morning. I had just been on vacation with my family and had bought, you know, how you buy new clothes for your vacation. Yes. And I was putting on one of my new shirts and it wouldn't button. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this, this shirt has shrunk. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so then uh, my husband looked at me, my then husband, and he's like, uh, something's wrong with your boob. <laughs> and mm-hmm. one side was like twice as big as the other. My left side had just ballooned. Wow. Oh, literally overnight. Overnight. It wow. had been fine the day before. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so, yeah, I'm making jokes about it because who ever heard of cancer popping up overnight? Mm-hmm. And I go to work and I called my gynecologist and she had me come right in. And at the time I was living in Hawkinsville, Georgia, which is a very small town in middle Georgia. Uh-huh. Okay. I had this wonderful doctor and she looked at me and she said, something ain't right the second she mm-hmm. saw me. She said, when was your last mammogram? And it had been nine months before and she went and pulled it and there was nothing on it. So mm-hmm. she sent me over the next day to get a ultrasound and mm-hmm. they looked at it and they're like, uh, yeah, there was like a huge mass. Wow. So they set me up for, and this is all, y'all, this is all in a small town 18 years ago, right. in middle Georgia. So I was right. so lucky because they set me up with a surgeon the next Monday who did a biopsy. And that Friday I go in there and he tells me I have inflammatory breast cancer, which I had never heard of. Right, right. I mean, Priyanka, is there like a, to the uneducated ear like me, you hear breast cancer. I didn't know there's different types. There are different types, yeah. And inflammatory breast cancer is one of the most aggressive types of breast cancer. I'm curious, Debbie, you know, one of the classic features of inflammatory breast cancer is the skin gets really warm and thick and it starts to look like the dimples of an orange peel. Right. Wow. They teach us in med school, it's called the peau d'orange, which is French for orange peel skin. By the way, that's the thing I always order for dessert at any restaurant. That's the first thing I'm like, I have the peel de d'orange. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, Debbie, did your skin change and have that kind of dimpled orange no. peel skin? You didn't no, have that. It was okay. just swollen and very tender yeah. to the touch. But 
I thought it was a mastitis or something. I thought right. it was some sort of infection. And, and, and isn't it right. true that you you just had a clean bill of health like not long before that? Yes. not Nine months before I had had my mammogram and everything was fine. Yeah, that's wild. You know, you are extremely lucky because a lot of people get misdiagnosed as yes. mastitis, which yes. is inflammation of the breast tissue, and they get prescribed antibiotics, but obviously the antibiotics don't work. So the fact that your GYN doctor was immediately like, hey, this needs urgent attention. I mean, that's amazing. Trust me, I know how lucky I was. And especially in a small town. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I guess the size of the town doesn't matter how good your doctor is, but, you know, sometimes (laughs) it does. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his name is Dr. Anthony Fauci. No, I'm kidding. Like. This is such an example of the medical system working correctly. Like, this is what should be happening every time. Yeah. So you had a clean middle health. Priyanka, is there any way that the doctor who gave the original checkup just missed it? Or does it really grow that fast? Oh, it's a very fast-growing, aggressive type of breast cancer. Wow. In fact, by the time most people get diagnosed, it's already spread quite extensively. Wow. And it also grows, they say, in sheets. It usually doesn't present as a lump like normal breast cancer. Most times. Yeah. 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 So, you know, your GYN in a way was sort of the gatekeeper to getting you into the system. And you had an excellent gatekeeper this time who just knew that this wasn't right. Yeah. Did she really say, oh, this ain't right? She said, something ain't right. When was your last mammogram? <laughs> I, I, th- I thought oh she goodness. was looking at your ex-husband when she said that. <laughs> <laughs> something ain't right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so now, 18 years later, obviously, you have taken all of the survival statistics and just thrown those completely in the air, which yeah. is amazing. How are you now in terms yeah. of everyday life? Oh, I'm great. When I was diagnosed, I think the five-year survival was 27%. And I looked mm-hmm. it up this morning. Wow. Yeah, I was making my little research for today. I love that. And today it's at 39%. Mm-hmm. So it's not mm-hmm. a whole lot better. Mm-hmm. Wow, mm-hmm. wow. I think I said in my call to y'all that I was HER2 positive. Mm-hmm. And at the time, they had just come up with that Herceptin. Mm-hmm. And I qualified for it, even though it wasn't even approved by the FDA yet for my cancer. So wait, what's H E R? So let me let me explain that to Sean because he definitely won't know what that is. So <laughs> to me, that spells her, and I'm like, okay. yeah, you're right. It is her. Hey, too. girl. Hey, her. So some cancers release or are activated by certain hormones. Yeah, her two stands for human epidermal growth factor receptor. So basically, yeah, it's, it's a that, growth yeah. factor hormone that is expressed by the cancer. And treatments have gotten so good these days that they can actually activate treatments that attack those specific hormonal receptors. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So in Debbie's case, Debbie's cancer was activated specifically. It had a lot of this her HER2 hormone, and she was able to get this type of medicine called Herceptin, which is known as a monoclonal antibody. It's an antibody for one specific type of receptor, monoclonal, mono meaning one. one. And it attacks that one receptor. And 
the cancer then doesn't express the hormone and then it stops growing. Wow, that's fascinating. Yeah, it was a miracle drug as far as I'm concerned. That's amazing. (laughs) So Debbie, let me just ask you, like mentally, psychologically, do you still wake up thinking about it or do you not think about it? I don't think about it anymore. It's real funny. That was one of the things I was thinking about this morning is, you know, so I had eight chemo treatments. Then I had a double mastectomy. Then I had radiation. Mm -hmm. Then I did another whole year of Herceptin. So for two years, I was doing something. Yeah, I was was fighting it. I was doing something. Yes, you were. And then when you're done, then you're like, okay, what was that? What was, oh, I I felt something. Is that the cancer? Right, 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 right. And Mm -hmm. so I I probably was like that, probably two or three years, pretty much once I reached that five-year mark, and they released me. I mean, I don't have to go back for checkups or scans or anything. Wow. Wow. Okay. Ever? I don't get mammograms. Um, be, the, the doctor said, that's your stomach, honey. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's hysterical. I did not get reconstruction until after I got divorced. So my boobs turned 10 years old last January. <laughs> Let's throw a party. Let's throw a party. Oh, well, yeah. Lots of birthday parties. That's um, hysterical, but, Debbie. But oh, so you did sit around and wait for that. But the other thing that I was real lucky on, this is one of the good things about being in a small town. I had wonderful support from uh-huh. the town, from the whole yeah. town. Mm, oh, really? that's sweet. From my church, I would come home, people would just have put a casserole in the refrigerator. Oh, wow. I love that. My best friend Vicky came and sat with me at every treatment. I pretty much had like a plan and I had like a couple friends that I'd say, this is what's going on. They would update everybody else. Aww, and then I would wow. tell them, you tell anybody that is going to cry and be sad around me to stay away from me. I love oh, that. Wow. Yeah, that I love so that. Good for you for yeah. setting those boundaries. Well, I really, I, I, I don't know where that <laughs> came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I just felt like, Somebody beats this. There's 27% that are beating this, and it's going to be me, yes. and I'm going to do everything I can. Yeah. To I love that. Debbie, strong mind. Advice, Very strong you mind. You know, breast cancer affects millions of women across the world, and not just women, people with breast, men can get breast cancer as well. What advice do you have for people out there that might be going through chemo, considering mastectomy, radiation? What advice do you have based off of what you've gone through? Well, obviously, have a positive attitude as much mm-hmm. as you can. Because, oh, yes. I, I mean, what, I, I gave a little speech at the Relay for Life, and one of the things I said is I could be down and depressed and have breast cancer, or I could be up and have the right attitude and have it. Because either yes. way, you're going to have it. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> right. It's almost a choice. Can, all you can control is how you respond to it. And and part of that, too, like I said, was kind of setting my little defenses. And mm-hmm. then I did, like, I had a lady that I was in choir with that was just having a fit that I wasn't going up to Emory for my, up in Atlanta for my treatments. But mm-hmm. I had had a second opinion from a doctor up there. They had sent the stuff out to MD Anderson. Everything I was doing was what they recommended. So yeah. why travel two hours have to get a hotel room. Yeah, do all right. that stuff when right. I didn't have to. I did mm-hmm. go there for my reconstruction because I wanted somebody that had done that all the time. Right, But right. anyway, I pretty much had to tell this lady, I am happy with mm-hmm. my choices mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't want to hear about it. 
I love if that. If I want wow. your opinion, I will ask for it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, I love that. This is such a good case example in setting boundaries. This is wonderful. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Debbie, thank you for being here. I love that yes. attitude. It's why you got it through. It's so infectious. Your joy, you can feel it. You can feel your yes. joy. And thank it's you so for coming great. on the show to share your experience and potentially help so many other people going through the same thing. Very well, kind of you. Thank you so much. I love the show. I listen to it every uh, week. Thank oh, you, honey. Thank, thank you. you so much. All right. Bye, y'all. Bye, sweetie. Bye. See you later. So yeah, I mean, thank God she's okay. Yeah. That's the thing about our callers. I love that they all have happy endings, thank God. Otherwise, they wouldn't be calling in. They wouldn't right? be. Right, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. like, I'm calling from six feet under. Yeah. To, I'm here to tell you about the time I died. <laughs> That's uh, a different show. <laughs> um, but anyway, guys, if you two have a story that you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear it. The number to leave a message is 1-323-529-6031. 323-529-6031. Keep sharing your stories with us. We love it. Let's get to our guest. Hypochondriactor is supported by Factor. Hey guys, what do you think of when you think of fall? For me, amongst other things, I have a packed schedule. So luckily, Factor's ready-to-eat meal delivery keeps me fueled up and feeling good no matter how crazy my days and nights get. Whether you need a quick lunch or a nutritious meal that's ready in minutes, Factor makes it easy and it's cheaper than takeout. I love Factor because, you know, they're perfect for a quick and delicious lunch so I don't have to like meal prep or get fast food. Factor has me covered. I always end up going like if I'm in a car, I'm just, if I know Factor's at home, it'll make me not stop at a fast food place. Factor's the perfect mealtime solution for an on-the-go lifestyle. Their fresh, never frozen meals are delivered ready to heat and eat in two minutes so I can fuel up fast and get on with my day. Head to go.factor75.com slash hypo130 and use code hypo130 to get $130 off across six boxes. That's code hypo130 at go.factor75.com slash hypo130 for $130 off. There she is. Oh my God. I'm here. I'm here. There are so many wonderful things I could say about my good friend and guest today, but we would be here for hours. She's accomplished a million things from acting to producing to writing to stand up comedy to insert job here. I love her so much. Please welcome to the podcast, famous TikTok star and my good friend, Rosie O'Donnell, who I love. Hi, everybody. How's it going? Hi, Rosie. Hi, honey. How are you? I'm good. I'm out in Malibu. I rented a place in Malibu. You did? For a year. Malahu? Malibu boo boo. <laughs> Wait for a year with your kids? With just, you know, I have just Dakota here with me because the other kids are all grown and, yeah. and out of the house. But yeah. Dakota and I are doing fourth grade in Malibu. Wow, oh, nice. that's so exciting. God, that's okay. gorgeous. Yeah. I'd love to redo fourth grade in Malibu. Well, I think we both might need to. Honey, look at your cute glasses. <laughs> yes. I know, right? They're from a Japanese designer that a friend bought me in Italy. And I'm too blind to see the name of the designer on the side of the thing because I have to take them <laughs> off and then I can't read. I, I was just going to say, everybody says, oh, who makes those glasses? And you take them off. You can't see them. That's the joke. You can't like, see it. Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. We got to figure that out. First of all, so the last time I saw you was when I FaceTimed with you during lockdown and you were so sweet. We were just like, how are you? How are you? It was like, we were both sitting on the couch, like in different cities. Yeah. You're the sweetest, kindest. I love you so very, very much. Well, you, it's very mutual. I know, know we that. should be married. But um, Rosie, it's so nice to meet you. I'm Priyanka. Sorry. <laughs> nice to meet you, Priyanka. <laughs> this is Priyanka Wallet. Um, um, wait, so, and I love your TikToks. Do your kids hate or love that you do that? Well, one of my kids loves it, Vivi, who's 19 and wants to be an influencer. 
And okay. so she's okay. trying to like tell stories of her childhood with mommy and uh-huh. make them funny and nice. But, you know, she hasn't done stand up for 30 years. So right. she's just learning, you know, as she goes. Now, isn't it wild? I remember meeting Parker when literally he was like an infant. Yes. How old is he now? 27. That's. Oh, wow. It's crazy. crazy. It's crazy when you have kids. It's crazy when you have friends who have kids and you haven't seen them in a while. It feels like it goes by in a flash. How Mm. about that? Well, you're an unbelievable mother. Well, it's the thing I love most. I love it the most of everything that has happened in my life. It's the most refreshing gift that keeps giving, you know, and Mm. even though I thought my kids would be when they were over 20, like out on their own and, and done with the need for mommy, but doesn't work like that. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> They're like, mom, mom, I need this, I need that. Yeah, for exactly. all Exactly. Totally. Isn't that interesting too? Like, isn't it interesting when you start becoming an adult and it switches the thing where, because when you're a kid, you only look at your mom and or dad or whatever you have as a means of food and shelter. And you don't really see them as like people as with people, needs. Human beings with faults and all sorts and of things. And then you go yeah. through college and as you come out of college, you're like, Oh, they're people too. Right. Exactly. Like they, right. And so has that happened? And what is that like? I mean, it's like Parker, like, oh, wait, what do you need? It's interesting because, you know, Parker's 27 and he spent four years in the Marines and he wow. came out and, and I was like, you know, what do you need? You need me to help you to get started, to do all this. And he's like, you know, mom, I'm 27 now. I think I got to learn to do it myself. You wow. know, mm-hmm. and that's yeah. very different than my 19 year old, you know, needing three hundred dollars every two days. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. And you go into your coin purse and pull out three $100 exactly. bills. I'm like, well, now you owe mommy some money. No. <laughs> um, okay, so wait. And then here's what's amazing about you. Your brain is incredible. You go do all of these things and then you come back to acting, but then you go do stand-up and then you go and then you produce the thing, but then you write this book. Yeah, it's prolific. It is prolific. Well, yeah, I like to work. I like you. I mm, like to sort of Get my hands in all different kinds of artistic, creative things, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's rewarding. Yeah, and I'm lucky that I've been able to do such varied things in my, you know, 30-plus year career here in showbiz. And not slowing down. And you have a new show on Showtime called American Gigolo. Yes. Premiere September 9th. You play Detective Sunday. Detective Joan Sunday. Sunday. Lesbian detective, first detective of the LAPD who was a lesbian all those years ago. And now she's thinking of retiring and she's the one who got the American gigolo to confess to his crime. And really? just found the real killer. So he gets out oh. of jail and I try to get him to work with me to find out who set him up. Okay, I'm totally oh, watching this. Nice. Okay, watch that. It's good. Yeah. Wait, how many episodes? <laughs> uh, we did eight episodes and... It starts on the 9th of September. Cool. And that was super fun doing that? It really was. You know, it, it's uh first time I've ever like played a cop cop like that. I mean, I played yeah. like a funny cop and other things, right, you know, right. another stakeout. I was undercover. Did you have to dig deep for the lesbian part? Yeah, it was totally hard for me. You yeah. know, it was a reach, yeah. right? Well, I didn't yeah. know. I didn't know what to do. But I was happy that they let her be a lesbian, you know, when yeah. they it was written for a man, the part. And then they asked me of to course. do it, and I was like, Totally. And they really didn't change anything, you know, except for Uh the gender of the boyfriend. Do you know what, though? That's Uh so common. Like when you read a script, you can just with a very few changes, any part can be anything. Mm. Yes. You know, Mm -hmm. it's all just change the name or whatever you want to do or don't change the name. And it it works in this situation. And it's gotten uh, early good reviews. I I hope it does well. And we'll see. Who knows? I'm also doing the L word. Oh, nice. Because come on. 
<laughs> if you're a lesbian icon, you got to do that. Yeah. Show. Right. <laughs> and I was busy. So. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. You were not available. <laughs> you were out with your big stars on your tour for your podcast. Right. 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 <laughs> I had a friend tell me that I dress like a lesbian all the time. I was like, what do you mean? Baseball hat jacket. Well, kind of. We yeah. dress alike. Let's just face it. <laughs> we do. We could share closets. But wait. So I want to know also about League of Our Own because I just saw the movie again, like, I don't know, a month ago. You were so fucking great in that. You were just amazing. And to see you in that with all of those women in such a great story, it was just mm. really cool. I'd forgotten. I hadn't seen it in so many years, but now there's a TV show. Yes, and it's really amazing. Abby Jacobson, who I love as an actress and a writer from Broad City, and a few mm -hmm. years ago, oh, she's she told great. me that she had spoken to Penny and got the rights to do it as a TV series and to explore the sexuality of a lot of these women, yeah. which Penny never really wanted to go near that. You know, right. there was Different a scene time. in the bus when I basically say, you know, uh, I, I was a weird girl, not even a girl. And then I see there's a lot of us here and we're all OK. And yeah. when we were shooting that, Penny goes, cut, Rosie, don't do it so gay. <laughs> I was like, what? Really? She goes, yes, because she, ha you know, she wasn't really very comfortable with the topic i don't think i think it was something that she wanted to like avoid i i, yeah. I don't oh, know that's but too bad. so when she made that comment what did you say in response well i said pen i'm just doing the lines you know right. that's what's yeah. written and yeah. she goes okay i'll try it again and i did it again the same exact way because <laughs> there's been a lot of parts where my character was gay and that's how i played it and uh -huh. sometimes it was written in the script but it wasn't really written in in league of their own but that was what i was playing as my uh -huh. story right right that yeah. i was love with the May character and, right. you know, came to find that there was a whole group of us, us what? Us kind of lesbians, right? Yeah. <laughs> but that yeah. was left out right. of the movie. And so Abby Jacobson really grabbed onto that aspect of it and has made a beautiful series. And That's she so asked great. me to be in one episode and it was just uh, amazing to walk in at 60 and see all these young actresses in their 20s and early 30s and go, this was me half my lifetime ago. Wow. Isn't that cool? It's really cool. That wow. is really cool. I remember, I look, I mean, I remember the watching the movie going, well, these girls are gay. I mean, yeah. of course they are. And kind of like, why aren't we saying it? Why aren't we saying it? It's so much more right. powerful mm -hmm. to say it. You know, but 92 was before you guys were on the yeah, air. For sure. And it was, you know, everybody was afraid. Everybody wasn't right. out yet. There was yeah. no Ellen right. being out. It was right. Katie right. Lang and Elton John and pretty much right. that's it. Yeah. yeah. And the only thing we had was uh, Madonna's Truth or Dare, which was like one of the first high profile things that showed two guys kissing, you know, mm -hmm. and, and all the gay guys in there that were fantastic. So, yeah, way ahead of its time, I think. But anyway, yeah. let's get to the good stuff, which is all the medical issues. Yeah, let's, let's go. Let's go. Yes. So I remember reading that you had a heart attack, but I don't remember like I was like, oh, I'm sure it was minor. And I no. was like, I didn't know it was that serious. It was not minor. And then you ended up talking about it in your special. After I had the heart attack, I went to this hospital. A friend of mine was getting regular chemo treatments and I went to take her to the hospital. And on the way out, there was a woman in her car that was stuck. It was a very large woman. She had gotten her body turned perpendicular to the steering wheel, but mm -hmm. she couldn't get herself out of the car. Now, I should have went and got orderlies, but she mm -hmm. looked at me and said, Rosie, will you help me? And I was like, oh, yes, I'll help you. And I helped her out and it was much harder than I thought. Yeah. And we finally got her out and she had a walker and, and it was all OK. So mm -hmm. about 20 minutes later, my arms start hurting, my mm -hmm. biceps, both of them, no radiating pain like you hear about. But yeah. I was just very shocked and 
thought it was from lifting her out of the car because it right. was right. a difficult task. And so then I had therapy. I drove my little moped to therapy. I'm in therapy. I can't stay awake. Oh, and she's like, you know, Rosie, you really got to try more when you're used to focus. <laughs> I go to the oh same my therapist. Goodness. Right. You're the same one. You're British <laughs> yeah. and annoying. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I <sighs> I went home. I could hardly climb up the stairs. I got right. into bed. I like passed out. I was so hot, hotter than any hot flash. Yeah. And I didn't know what was happening. And so I, I took two aspirins and I got ice and I put ice on my body. Now, mind you, I Googled signs of heart attack, yeah. read eight of the signs that I was having and still thought it has to be worse than this. This can't be a real heart attack. Yeah. Well, right, that was right. a Monday. Wow. That was a Monday at 10 a.m. So you had the numbness of your arm, but what? I Actually, it was just weakness. It was just weakness in both arms, right? Or in the biceps. Numb? It felt like a grizzly bear had ripped out my biceps. And you were tired and you're hot, but nothing like chest pain or anything. No, I was hot, exhausted, Pain. Yeah. I had pain in my arms. Pale. I was so white. My kids were like, Mommy, you look like a ghost. And yeah. puke. I threw up. Wow. You were nauseous and you vomited. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't the kind of vomit that is normal with food or food poisoning. It was like almost like a white, milky kind mm -hmm. of. Oh, my God. And the God. doctor said that's like your body's last reserve going, you know, help, help. Yeah. Wow. So wow. I got up the next morning. I didn't go to the doctor because, of course, I think. I don't want to call an ambulance. Maybe somebody really needs that. Right. I, that's Maybe how that. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't call the ambulance. The next day, my best friend comes over and says, you better go to the doctor. I'm like, I'm going tomorrow. So from Monday at 10 a.m. until Wednesday at 6, Wednesday at 6, the doctor wow. said, you are going right now to the lab, cath lab. You have had a major heart attack. Yeah. Wow. So they went in and I said to the woman, you know, it's so funny. They were shaving me everywhere and, and I'm laying yeah. there and they're all it's like my dream. <laughs> <laughs> well, not this kind of dream, <laughs> not this kind of dream. Yeah. yeah. And, and the nurses were going, Rosie, do you think Dottie dropped that ball on purpose? <laughs> I was like, I'm dying of a heart attack. here. Don't be talking about a movie. That's yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And I said to this one nurse, I have four kids. Don't let me die. And she said, when yeah. you wake up, I'll be here. And sure enough, when I woke up, she was holding my hand. Aww. But what I had had was 100% blockage of the LAD. The left anterior descending. So that that's yes. one of the arteries to your heart. It's actually in order of blockages that left anterior descending artery is the most commonly blocked artery. You had 100% occlusion. Holy yes. crap. And you hadn't even gone to the hospital for over 24 hours. Yes. For 36 oh hours, goodness. I didn't go wow. to the hospital. So the fact that you were alive is a miracle. Yes. The doctor said there's no reason you should be alive. There's right. no reason. Wow. Right. So that means what your body did, because when the LAD is occluded, the body starts creating what are called collateral arteries. So it starts creating yes. other arteries to try and keep the blood flow going to that part of the heart, which means your collaterals must have been on point. I mean, it's actually incredible. It's a miracle that you survived this. What were the two days like going through what you didn't know you were going through? You know, I was tired. I was sleepy. And my best friend, Jackie, said, you know, you look horrible, Ro. You look yeah, horrible. Yeah. And I was like, OK, there's something wrong with me. But I did not think it was a heart attack. When I was in there, they were putting on the things to, to get a reading, you know, those sticker things. The EKG yeah. leads. Yes. And, and the guy uh, looked at the first peep 
through and he said, please lie down. And he picked up the thing and he said, code blue room two. And I thought, oh, God, he must have got a call or something. And they're like, no, it's you. And they just oh my got me in an ambulance, wow. took me over to the cath lab. And, and I was in there. And I would tell you this, when I woke up in the morning, I felt like I could run a marathon. Yeah. For months, I was losing energy and losing sleep and, and yes. losing my ability to just function. My body was, you know, my heart valve was occluding. And yeah, when they went in, they said the other two vessels were uh-huh. pristine. Out, so it was only the LAD was a single vessel disease. What's wild about that is because we know an LAD doesn't occlude like overnight. This is something that built over time, you know, likely decades. But you had started to feel some of the symptoms, I'm guessing, months prior when you were getting slowly a little more tired, more fatigued. Yes. Were you having other symptoms in the months leading up to it? You know, what's funny. The one thing that I remember vividly was I had longer hair then and I would be blow drying my hair and I would go, oh, God, my arms. Oh. Why do my arms feel so weird? And I I would like shake them out and go, that's so weird when I blow dry my hair. Well, yeah. What's interesting about that is that in order to blow dry your hair, you're lifting your arms above the level of the heart. So the blood flow actually needs to go against gravity. And the fact that your arms were feeling really heavy, I think just is more evidence to the heart doing extra work to try and get blood flow to your extremities. That's interesting. Wait, two things. One is, you know, those EKG stickers I use. Sometimes I use those to hang Halloween uh, things in my house, <laughs> like Halloween decorations, because they're really sticky. They're really great on the window. But yeah. anyway, but what's the thing that you measure for plaque? And Rosie, did you ever have that? And do you do it now? Priyanka, what I'm talking about is, I think you go in and you like, I forget they what it's called. Die? Not plaque. Yeah. It's not plaque, but it measures something. Yeah, it measures all the, the blockage that you have in your arteries and veins. And it's kind and of like I, a new technology, right? Yeah, but I had it when it first came out. I had it and they said I was fine. Wow. Are we talking about the CT scan for calcium yes, scoring? That's what it is. Yes. So yes. just to be clear, you had a CT heart for calcium scoring before you had way, your massive heart attack. Way before. And you were told that everything was fine. Everything was fine. That is but not not like a year, not like two years, like probably like eight, ten years before it. Ah, okay. So So it wasn't a current thing, but I remember going and getting this new test and Oprah had talked about it and I was like, I'm going to get this and be healthy. And they said, no, your calcium is fine. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. Rosie's bringing up a really important point. She got a CT heart for calcium scoring 10 years prior and it showed no issues. I think it's really important to continue to get regular screenings because they might have caught then the slow buildup of the LAD before it became a hundred percent blockage. So that's Uh the first point. The second, this is a really important point. Women more often do not present with classic chest pain symptoms when it comes to thinking about heart attacks. In fact, more women present without chest pain, as is Rosie's case, than the classic chest pain situation. So they're more likely to be misdiagnosed. And that's the reason I did the comedy special about my heart attack, because so many women had no idea. Like, I thought it's got to feel like, you know, Mike Tyson punched you in the tit. 
when you have a heart attack. Like, that's what I thought. You know, right. I was going, my, I feel OK. My chest doesn't hurt. Oh, my neck. Right. Goodness. But then I started researching and, you know, your pain can be in your lower back. It can be in yes. your neck. It can be a headache. It can be your jaw. It's rarely for women the uh, the grab your heart and fall to the floor, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's also like the angiogram. I mean, what you had done, Rosie, when they found the 100% LED blockage, it's a, a coronary angiogram where they basically take a picture, they shoot dye into your arteries and they take a picture of it and then they can determine, okay, is there blockage or is it flowing freely? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I had all of that after, but... Um, you know, it was funny after like two or three months, you go back in and they can assess what kind of damage your heart has taken and what you're going to have to do. Yeah. Uh-huh. And they said that I had no damage. Wow. What? Wait. What? Yes. And, and then they wanted me to go into this study of people who had like what they're calling broken heart syndrome. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Women get a heart attack symptoms and heart attack, but it doesn't. You know, I apparently have a very strong heart. I mean, clearly. What, broken heart because of the emotional thing? or So broken heart syndrome, also known as Takasubo's cardiomyopathy, it's a well-defined medical (sighs) Takasugo. Oh, is that what you just said? Takasugo, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's who makes my glasses, I think. Yeah. (laughs) No, I got to get get one of those. Um, But basically, yeah, people present with everything that looks like a heart attack where the EKG shows a heart attack. They're presenting with symptoms of a heart attack. But then when you actually do the angiogram, in a classic Takasubos, there's no blockage. But for you, you actually had a blockage, but then the post-MI care, they're showing that your heart actually has had no residual tissue damage. That's interesting. I'm like flabbergasted. I mean, that's like, clearly the universe wanted you to be alive. I know, it's shocking. (laughs) So someone who I'm very close to, just went through that exact thing where she had all of these symptoms, but it can't all of the they did all the tests. Yeah. This is like a week ago. So I'm gonna have her look this up. Yes. Broken heart syndrome or Takasubo's cardiomyopathy. But you know, Rosie, typically Takasubo's happens in the setting of stress, usually emotional stress. So was there something going on in your life around the time that you got uh-huh. this diagnosis of broken heart syndrome or Takasubos. Yes, my my 17-year-old daughter had run away and had oh started getting into substance issues. And I remember yeah. that, and we talked about yes, that. Yes, it was a yeah. very difficult time for me. You know, it was 10 years ago. It was when I was 50. Mm-hmm. And truthfully, you know, it was the hardest thing I'd ever gone through still emotionally in my life. Mm, yeah. So um, uh, it yeah. could, you know, I don't know. It could have been there, but there was a 100% blockage. I saw the thing where they put in the they opened it and then whoosh, it's like a whole yeah. road appeared yeah. uh, wow. which is the arteries it was like it stopped and i didn't realize they put in the thing and yeah. whoosh, it went yeah. right through the dam was broken yeah yeah wait so priyanka why is it only one of rosie's valves was blocked. Yes. Like, I don't understand because the blood has to go through. Yeah. So just to be clear, it wasn't her valve. It was one or of whatever. the arteries. The arteries. I just, just yeah. want it for the listeners. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> so I'm kidding. So why the LAD versus any other artery? You know, 
we're not entirely sure why these patterns erupt. We know the LED is the most common, probably because it's the largest and therefore there's a lot more blood flow going through it. But we don't actually know. You know, there are some people that get, it's called diffuse vessel disease, where every little vessel has a little bit of blockage in some way. We don't exactly know why the pattern develops in the way it does. Yeah. But the question I really have for you, Rosie, is how did your relationship to your body and your connection with your body and listening to your body change after this clearly intense experience? Yeah, it changed everything because first of all, I was scared. You know, I was terrified. And yeah, I'm sure. Every time I felt anything, I'm like, uh oh. And my doctor yeah. assured me, you know, if you were to have another one, it will not be subtle, you know, mm. because I was walking around looking for every little symptom that I could panic about. Yeah. Wow. But it really brought me in touch with, first of all, my emotional state and how that affects my physical state and just to pay more attention. I mean, the fact that I looked it up and I Mm -hmm. saw all the symptoms that it says of a woman heart attack and I still said no. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I still thought I'm going to scare my kids if Mm -hmm. I call 911. Right. I don't Mm -hmm. put them through it. Who's going to watch them in the night when I go to the hospital? I'll be fine. You know, and the doctor said, you're lucky you survived that night if you hadn't taken the baby aspirin and put ice all over your body. I don't even think, you know, I put Ziploc bags, full Ziploc bags of ice all over me. That's how hot I was. Wow. You know, what's fascinating about your decision to do that is that in the hospitals, one of the protocols, it's called normothermia, where they take the body temperature and they lower it so that it becomes normal because people tend to run hotter after cardiac arrest. That's one of the mainstays of treatments. You were like doing it on intuitively, your own, intuitively yeah. at home. How did you even think to do that? Well, I can answer that because she's a smarty. No, I really thought of it because of menopause. I thought, you know, if this Uh was like a new resurgence of menopause, because by 50, I was out of menopause. Right. But it was hotter than any hot flesh I had ever had. Yeah, and and we're also not talking about the fact that you were so unbelievably young to have this happen. Yes, although my father's like one of 10 children and they all had this in their 50s. Oh, wow. All of them. And only one of my uncles died of the heart attack. All okay. the rest of them lived. Wow. So, oh, wow. you know, I, my Aunt Josie, who just recently passed away, she had the same exact thing that I had. Wow. Uh-huh. Christine, other arteries and a, a LAD that was fully blocked. And she only had one and she lived long. And, you know, okay. mm. because I always worry, like, I'm going to get another one and I have to watch my weight and I have to do my exercise and, mm-hmm. you know, go to my cardiologist. It's funny, you know, when I was in New York, I have this great cardiologist who I loved, who I would go every three months. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had a relationship with her. It was a small office and she was very personable. And then I Mm -hmm. came out here last year and Mm -hmm. I went to Cedar sinai and this big women's health thing that they have for the heart there. Mm -hmm. And it felt like a factory, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I found I didn't go back for six months. Wow. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, this is not I missed two, you know, for my normal of the last 10 years. So I just found recently a different doctor still within Cedars, but who has a very small practice. Mm. And so in a week I go to her and I hope I'm going to develop that kind of relationship because, you know, people don't realize what prevents women from going to the doctor. The number one thing is the scale. People don't want to feel ashamed and people who have heart conditions Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Often, although I've seen many skinny, you know, runners who get heart attacks too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. to have um, a little more emotional understanding of, of what women patients need yeah. in order to get themselves seen, you know, right. I think would be very helpful for for women as well. Priyanka talks a lot about that on here too, about just women and their relationship to doctors, hospitals and going, right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that, again, this brings up a really good point that if you are not happy with the care that you're receiving, seek a second opinion. Go find another practitioner that you do resonate with because it is a relationship and you need to find the right kind of provider that fits well and makes you feel at ease with whatever you're about to share with them. Yeah. No health, no wealth. And that just doesn't mean financial. It means no health, no wealth and everything and family and well-being and taking care of people. You have to take care of yourself so that you can be there for other people. Yeah. Yes. And so important. And, you know, I have a nine-year-old. I'm the only 60-year-old in the fourth grade who's a parent, you know, Uh and I have a a nine-year-old baby and I still have to, you know, think of 20, 30 years more to be here for her, you know? And and she's neurodivergent and she's like, you know, needy in in some ways. And Uh and I always think, well, if we're together forever, we're together forever. Let's Mm -hmm. make sure it's a long forever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're the best mom ever. Hey, guess what? We're going to play a game. (laughs) Oh, good. It's called Dr. Wally's Hall of Fame. You're each going to get three questions. And if you don't know the answer, guess, because I'll give possible points for creativity. So, Sean, you're up first. Yes, this is where my dumbness shines. (laughs) Watch this. Okay. Humans and this animal share the same number of neck vertebrae, of which humans have seven neck vertebrae. So what animal is this that shares the same number of Uh, neck vertebrae vertebrae as humans? Oh my God. It's got to be like somebody who can like really. I'll give you a hint. It's a like, zoo animal and yeah. it also moves. Moves. Well, it's, it's a, a cow. But it's a zoo animal. Oh, but it's a. And also moves. Uh, an emu. <laughs> no, that's not. That's what not is correct. It? The answer is it's a giraffe. Giraffe have. Seven well, I was gonna say giraffe, vertebrae. but that's I thought what I was gonna say. I was gonna yes. say, but it was too easy of an answer. How is that too easy? <laughs> because they have long. Because we're talking about necks. The one with yes, the longest neck yes. is the giraffe. But obviously, their vertebrae are much larger than ours. All right. Um. Okay. Second question, Sean. In the book and film Twilight, what happens to vampires when they go into the no sun? Idea. I'm out. Really? You don't even want to guess? What? Vampires no. going to the sun, they burn. Well, technically, no. Their skin would sparkle or glitter in the Twilight series. Oh, God. Okay, next of question, course. Sean. All right. How many Golden Globe Awards were you nominated for for your performances, Jack, on Will and Grace? <laughs> seven. Six. Seven. Which one is it? What's your final answer? Seven. That is incorrect. It's six. <laughs> okay, By the way, you got number one, one. zero out of three. Zero out of three. Uh, I okay, think I'm going to take them home for this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. First question, Rosie. The term hypotension means what? The medical term hypotension. Hypotension means uh, constant tension. That is incorrect. Hypotension Mm. means actually low blood pressure. Hypo, Latin for low. Tension is referring to blood pressure. And hyper is high? 
Hypertension is high blood pressure. Hypotension is low blood pressure. Yeah, you'd okay. think I would have known that. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Second question. Which James Taylor song is his most popular on Spotify with over 240 million listens? You've got a friend? Yeah. That is incorrect. It is what? fire and rain. Oh, <laughs> I, I would have guessed the same one. Yeah. Okay, okay third question. All right, wow. third question. The what? gays aren't doing well today. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> okay, what 1999 movie did you spoil the ending for on the Rosie O'Donnell show? The Fight Club. That is correct. <laughs> you okay, did? Rosie, you got I one didn't point. do it on purpose. I didn't do it on purpose. I was talking about it, and I was, you know, live and being myself and going, listen, I didn't like it. I thought, like, at least, like, the Sixth Sense... You know, they had clues. This one was just weird at the end. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I didn't know for years that, oh. like, you know, Brad Pitt and uh, Ed Norton were so pissed at me. I only <laughs> found out what Courtney Love said, like, eight years later, you know, uh, they're you still pissed that. at you for what you did to <laughs> the Fight Club. Oh I didn't my, even know that I oh did Oh, my it. gosh. Wow, that that's hysterical. Okay, Rosie, you got one point. You won the game. You won. Congratulations. And you won in life, and you won our hearts, and I love you very, very much. Well, and I love you both. Keep I doing you, what honey. you do, saving people's lives and making them laugh. Thank you, honey. Oh, thank you, Rosie. And yes. call me up if you ever want to hang out. All right, let's do a game night. I would love it, honey. I love you. All right, thank I love you for being here. Bye. Thank you. Wow. Literally the strongest heart I've yeah. ever met. So when you said that's really rare, that, so that is really rare. It's incredible. I mean, it's just a testament to her body's ability to, A, make collateral blood vessels yeah. to continue the blood flow. But also, I mean, the fact that she survived, I mean, 100% LED occlusion. I mean, it's just, it's incredible. It's just incredible. Yeah, I think so too. So the rare part is... All of it, right? That the LAD... The whole thing. But but the rare part isn't that the LAD was 100% clogged because that happens often, but the rare part is that she survived she for so survived, long. She survived, and then there's no residual heart damage? Yeah. Give me a... I mean... That is crazy. That is a resilient heart. And you know who else is resilient? You and me oh. and our <laughs> listeners. And yes. Everyone. Guys, thank you yes. so much for being here and thank you for listening to us today. We really appreciate you. Yes, and thank you to Debbie as well for sharing her story. Yes, and until next time, don't worry, be healthy. Bye. Bye. Hypochondria Actor is a Hazy Mills production hosted by me, Sean Hayes, and Dr. Priyanka Wally. Rebecca Eisenberg and Todd Milliner are our executive producers. Production and editing is by Rabbit Grin Productions. Original music by Scott Eisenogle and Leo Rosner. This is a Hazy Mills production. All content discussed on Hypochondriactor are the individual opinions of Dr. Priyanka Wally and Sean Hayes and should not be construed as personalized medical advice. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others. Please consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. This entire disclaimer also applies to any guests or contributors to the podcast.